Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast you really don't want to miss. I'm Suzanne Harris, and you are about to get a sneak peek at what goes on behind the scenes with a particular author. They'll tell you their secret recipe for creating their book. And who knows, you might even get an inside scoop on a new project. If you want to know more about them, we'll tell you where you can find them and their work on social media. Joining me today is someone who has written a really important book and has a brand new course we're going to talk about. Her name is Margot Arrow-Smith, and she's here to talk about her book, You Can Keep Your Parents at Home, Keep Your Job and Life, Save Your Fortune and Your Sanity. Margot holds an MSW degree from Hunter College of Social Work. She's also licensed in clinical social work in both New York and North Carolina, and she has a great deal of personal experience with our topic today. Margot, welcome. Hi, good to be here. Oh, it's just such a pleasure to have you because this book is so important, and one of the things that I've always noticed about books, and this is just funny, but I've noticed that books always, always, no matter what the topic, have two stories. They have the story that the reader gets when they read the book, but then there's always a story behind the book. And in your case, those two really are married. So would you give our listeners a little hint about what happened to you when you were caregiving? Well, uh, first place, I I had been a uh, licensed therapist for decades. So I had a lot of professional and book knowledge, and it was really put to the test when uh, mom started having problems. I had a guest house in my backyard where they had moved into and everything was cool. And then mom started having problems. It turned out that she had internal bleeding and it was causing dementia. And when I say, <laughs> I like to say I helped dad by that meaning that he knew I was there if he had to go to the hospital because he did 99% of it. And I watched him and I watched him do it without complaining And I also watched him do it all by himself because we just never thought that much about getting help for him. If we had, it was was a mistake. It was a mistake I learned from because then Dad and I moved to another house after Mom died. And he he never had dementia symptoms, but he did get frail. And we had a lot of people telling us, telling me and him that he should be in a, in a senior community. He would have hated it, and I would have hated it, and we, we, we did it. Uh, but a lot of the reasons it went so well, number one is because Dad was easier, but also because we learned from Mom. When Dad really got to the point where he needed help, we made sure that he got help that he had someone come in a couple times a week to take care of things, to do, uh, you know, to do cleaning, just to help so that it wasn't all on him and it wasn't all on me. Yeah, you, you said you said some key words, I think. There are people who are listening to us right now who all of a sudden are going, me too, me too, me too. And 
there's someone right here on the other side of this microphone who's going, me too, me too, me too, because I found myself in a similar situation, except that it was just me. I'm an only child. And my mom had Alzheimer's, and she was a sundowner. Well, as an only child, um, you know, my my parents and I got along great, so I was very, very lucky. I had two wonderful parents, and I had a really terrific childhood. So I, I didn't want to see, I didn't want to recognize, first of all, that there was something really going on with my mother, uh, because she'd always been my rock. You know, she'd always been there. And so as a sundowner, she would think she was going to do things that were impossible. And so the neighbors would call and say, well, we found your mother again wandering down the street. And so I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. So when I was looking at your book, I thought, oh, my gosh, I wish I'd had this book. Your insider knowledge, I think, is really part of what makes this book so valuable. I didn't want to interrupt the story, but you just got me. You got me going. Well, thank you. Um, The book is basically um, based on four steps and, and we, we name it love. The, but the first step is letting go, and one of those steps is, is letting go, uh, being aware of, and then letting go of anything from the past that's dragging you down. And believe me, every once in a while when you're stressed with taking care of an elderly parent, something that happened when you were in the fifth grade that really didn't matter that much and you'd forgotten about will pop into your head. So one of the things I give is a very simple, without going through years of therapy, a very simple plan about recognizing that and dealing with it before it comes up and bites you. Uh, but the other letting go is letting go of expectations about how they should be and how you should be. Because, again, if if it doesn't go the way you your fantasy goes, then that can upset you. So you need to let go of that fantasy. Uh, the second step is O, which is organizing, and that gets into how important it is to have a team to help you. They can be paid people, they can be volunteers, other family members, neighbors, but you need that team. You know, don't try this at home alone, is, is what I say. Yeah, but the third is valuing. So, uh, And with your mother, and it sounds like your evenings were awful, but perhaps in the morning there were times when you could it got a little better and you could spend a little bit of time then. But in order to be able to enjoy that, you had to be able to value her for where she was at and what she could do. And really, when she was having the good moments, not um, think about, oh, gee, I wish she was the way she used to be, but actually valuing her at that moment and really learning to do that. And then, of course, the E is evaluate, which is to just periodically go through your plan and see what's working and what isn't working. You know, you're absolutely right. One of the things that I believe it was a social worker said to me early on was, don't correct your mother. She's Mm -hmm. in a different place and Mm -hmm. just go into her world with her and don't get into an argument with her about something. Don't try to correct her and make her the way she used to be because she's not. So just I started to relax with her and she would tell me, um, well, I think that I'm going to drive to X and see um, 
Celia and Ernest. Well, they'd been dead 20 years. And I'd say, great, when are you going to go? I think I'll go tomorrow. And I'd say something like, well, are you going to take anybody with you? No, I think I'll just go by myself. We started having those kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, witnessing one day, I was standing somewhere, and there was a, a daughter and a mother, and the mother had lost her hearing aids. Now, hearing aids are very expensive. She didn't mean to do it, but she'd lost it. This daughter was ballistic with this little old lady, and I thought, oh, my goodness, you're so angry and upset with her because you want her to be the mom that always remembered everything, and now she's the mom that forgets everything. And so what you're talking about is exactly right on target. Well, but and, and, and in addition to that, I would venture that there's a really good possibility that she it, that that anger wasn't just about um, the losing of the hearing aids, which is a big deal, but that there was also just resentments from the past. Again, you know, none of us mm. had perfect parents, and none of us have been perfect parents. Um, but just freeze. I mean, I'll tell you, my dad was an angel. My dad was the easiest to get along with guy in the whole world. But one day, one night I was just a little stressed and he needed something. And I'm like, and what flashed through my mind was, you know what? You didn't go to my high school choir. <laughs> and I'm like, and, I, and I'm like, oh my God, where did that come from? Oh, no. See, and, and so one of the things I suggest is you, you know, you go through all that before this, and, and then because, because if I had seen it before that popped out at me that day, I would have said, oh, oh yeah, that yeah, you know, I was really hurt then. But however, that was fifty years ago, so maybe I could let it go. And, and, but but because I hadn't gone through that process, it like popped out at me at the worst moment. Um, so some of what was going on with that woman could also be old resentments. Mm-hmm. And 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 yes, you're always going to be upset because. The hearing aids are so expensive, but if you can deal with that without all that other stuff. And again, you don't have to go through big therapy in order to get this done. I really give a very simple way to do it. I guess I need to be careful what I say here because you're you're a professional therapist. I don't want to give you too much to chew on today. But, you know, this book, I think, is really a very wonderful resource for people because it will give them a handhold and it will give them an option and information that I wish I'd had. Now, you've also developed a new course that's sort of a spinoff of this book. Tell me about this new course. Well, one of the things, and and by the way, now my practice is mostly with older people. So I, I, I'm getting a lot about what they're dealing with day to day. But one of the things that, that keeps hitting me and I, is, is the, the amount of people that aren't you who seem to think they know where you should be when you're, yes. after you retire. Yes. Uh, and an example is my dad had an RN who came to the house once a week. Um, she was wonderful. We loved her. She loved my dad so much. Everybody loved my dad, but she really did. Um, but uh, every once in a while, she and I, we, as a matter of fact, one day we were upstairs and we got into a knockdown, drag out fight because she, it, she felt, she knew in her bones that my dad would be happier in a senior community. 
And and she says, because every time I come here, he's so happy to see me. He's lonely being alone all day. And I'm like, well, that's the first place. That's because you're 45 years old. Now, what she didn't know, for example, and my parents knew was my dad's best friend from high school when he was 90 was still alive, and they spent a lot of time on the phone. However, both of my parents, their entire life, every place they moved to, they made friends who were 10, 20, 30 years younger than they were. My dad didn't like being around old people unless he'd known you from the beginning. He would have hated those places. But again, I tried to explain that to her. But, but you know, professionals are taught that this is what they need, and they're taught by very good marketing experts. And doctors are taught that, and children are taught that. Children are taught that, well, you know, it'll be a lot easier on you if mom and dad are in a senior community. And it, what they don't tell them is, is that if anything goes wrong, the first person they're going to call, by the way, is the child. But mm-hmm. now, I, and I want to be real clear, there are people for whom these communities and Dell Web type places are wonderful. They love them. Problem is, there are too many people there that don't. I, I have a, a, had a case. I don't have it anymore. But this woman calls up and she says, my mother is in and she named the place. Lovely place. Beautiful place. And but she's depressed, so I need you to go over and give her some therapy. So I went over and I met her mom. And my first impression was mom isn't so much depressed as she is angry about being there um, because the daughter had convinced her to sell her home where she had neighbors, friends that had been her neighbors for decades. One woman still came to the senior residence to visit her. But. You know, daughter's like, well, you can't do this anymore. You can't do that anymore. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you could have hired somebody to mow the lawn and you can have a maid come in, you know, three times a week and you'd save a whole lot of money over what this is costing. But anyway, so so we, I met her for a few weeks and then she's like, oh, well, you know, you're nice and everything, but, you know, I don't really need this. And I agreed <laughs> she didn't really need it because what she needed was to go home, which she could no longer do. So. Two months later, daughter calls me up again. Mom is still depressed. Could you please go back? This happened three times. Um, and I, you know, I, at this point, there was no point getting the daughter upset. But what I would have said to her if she had talked to me before she got her mother to sell the house was, let's look at what your mom really wants. And if it's more than she can handle, such as she can't do the yard work or, or even keep the house up very Let's look at how we can find ways to have other people do that. But because I wasn't called in until after, you know, the house was gone, every, she was there, um, it, it was really a tragedy because this woman, I mean, she, she could have been done very well in her own home by herself with help. And but, once, uh, so, so the, go ahead. Once those wheels are set in motion, you mm-hmm. can't reverse it. Exactly. Especially once the house is gone. Exactly. And again, it wasn't it wasn't just that she needed a house. She she was in a neighborhood where she had friends from mm-hmm. years and years ago. Um. So the course is about. I and, and again, I do know that there are people who do very well in these places who need these places. Um. But I also talk about other possibilities. You know, there are actually people who, of course, last year there weren't, but there are actually older people who live on. Cruise liners, I mean, they live on them. That's their home. I do know that. And okay, and, and, and well, I thought maybe that was a myth, and I looked it up, and there's all sorts of 
cases of people doing that. And and it's actually got more going for it than the uh, senior residences because they don't have doctors and nurses on staff. The cruise ships do. Right. <laughs> so. And right there. I mean, right there. And right there. And, and and most of them have nothing else to do other than to take care of these old people anyway. But uh, but there and there are all sorts of my mom and dad after they re, after they sold their businesses they bought they sold everything their house everything and bought an RV and spent fifteen years traveling around the country is the best fifteen years of their lives. But the doctors are trained to a matter of fact one time mom and dad were both in the hospital at the same time and some social worker or somebody came up with papers to sign because they had already talked to they had already practically enrolled them in some home and dad's like what what <laughs> it was it, oh, my father i have to tell you this my father who never he was not he was of the generation where you do not talk back to authority he took out his own IV and he said, "We're getting out of here." <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yes, wow. Because, but but so many people get intimidated by that, and so the the idea of the course is I go through all the possibilities, the good things, and and at the beginning I teach people. There's just a very simple method of teaching people how they know what it is that they really want, so that as they look at each potential, they can decide. Now, does this fit in? Now, can I fit this? This life that I want for myself, can I fit that into this? Not does somebody else think I can fit my life into it, but but when I've decided what my perfect life is, can I fit it into this particular place to live? And that's what the course is about. Um, the title of the course. I'm really excited I, about it. I mean, it's, it's not quite launched yet, but I'm really excited about the course. The title of the course, I think, says a great deal. It's Your Ideal Day. Cutting through the noise of what mm-hmm. others think you should do after retirement. And yes. to me, this is just, this is such a perfect segue. I mean, the, the book and the course fit together so well. Now, you said that the course is almost ready to launch, but not quite. How could our listeners find the course once it is launched? And kind of a, uh, give me a ballpark about when you think that might be. I want to have it launched by October 1st, um, and they, there's a couple of places they can go. I have two Facebook pages. One is Keep Your Parents Home. The other is Age Out Loud, which is probably more geared towards the kind of person that would that could use this course. Uh, you know, and the book is basically geared towards family and children of older people. The course is build for and designed for people who are preparing to become old people or people who may already be there but uh, but uh, but haven't yet um, decided where they're going to go but they but they're already they will find as soon as you hit a certain age people are already telling you where you should be um, I, I matter of fact the other day I, I did because I wanted to find out what it's really like to to be marketed by these places I've been in a lot of them seeing clients so I went and I said you know I presented myself as someone you know who was interested I mean I'm 73 so you know I certainly that wasn't a stretch but and and she showed me the place and it was nice and everything but the last thing she said to me was you know this is the best gift you can give your children Oh, and wow. I want to tell you that almost stopped my heart because people are being told that. Um, you know, it's it, 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 the first place you don't owe that to your children. 
in the first place. And in the second place, it's not necessarily going to be better for your children anyway, because if, like I say, if you're there, uh, for instance, you know, the woman of the story that I told you about, um, where she's at, they serve three meals a day. Each one takes two and a half hours, by the way, but another story. But she didn't like to go down all that time. So she would go and she would pay extra money to have her meals delivered, but the, they didn't like that. So they would call her daughter constantly and say, you got to make your mother come down to meals. Of course, then she would call me and say, my mother's depressed. Get over there. I mean, so it was just this really bad circle. But wow. she just didn't want to go and sit at a table with a bunch of old people for two and a half hours, three times a day. Um, And by the way, that's one of the things I teach in the course is if you you know that that, uh, senior community is what you really want, what you have to do, find out not just if is the food good, that's important. (laughs) How do they serve the meals? Is it one of these things? Is it one of these things where they want you to sit at the table a long time? Is it is it you know how do they do them some of them do it beautifully many of them do it horribly but you want to find out the mechanism and most people would never think to ask that they would look at the food and say oh it looks like it's good and they might have a they might be invited to lunch and say oh this tasted good but i give them hints like make sure you know how it's served how long do they expect you to be there do you have to stand in lines one of the other places there was this mean girl basically who controlled the dining room she was one of the residents and controlled the dining room um and many people complained about her but the facility never did anything about it so i mean you want to know those things high school lasts and those forever are the kinds of things nobody asks high school lasts forever <laughs> oh well yeah it can, yes. doesn't have to, but it can. Yes. You know, we have just got so you and I could talk about the new course and talk about the book for an hour. Mm-hmm. We don't have that much time. We need to let our audience know where they can find the book. Now, it's on Amazon, and let me give them a little information about Amazon and how to find it. First of all, if you've never done Amazon, it's very simple. At the top of your computer, you'll see a search feature, and all you do is type in www.amazon.com and just click on it. You almost don't have to click on it. It just goes there. And when you get to their page, you'll see Amazon, and it's full of stuff, but you'll see this long, rectangular, sort of gray search box. In that search box, type the following words. Here's the title of the book. You can keep your parents at home. Now, if you get that part in there, you'll find the book. The rest of it is you can keep your parents at home, keep your job and life, save your fortune and sanity by Margot, M-A-R-G-O, Aerosmith, A-R-R-O-W-S-M-I-T-H. Click on that. And you'll come right to the book. And in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see the words. There are two little words just above the right-hand corner of the, the, the corner of the book. And it'll say, look inside. If you click on those two words, the book electronically opens. What that means is you can begin to scroll down. You'll get a list of the chapters. Then you'll go through the preface. And then you'll go through an excerpt straight from the book, and that will give you a feel 
for the way the book is written, and it will give you a feel for Margot's style, and it will give you a feel for what's in the book. Now, is there somewhere else, Margot, that they could find the book? If they would like, what they could do is to go to the website, keepyourparentshome.com, excuse me, and send me a message, and I'll, I will send you a book. I, you, you can buy it directly from me. That's a poss- And I will autograph those, so that's a possibility. I think that's the best, when you get it straight from the author, and there's a, the author's signature. I, I love that. I think that's a great way to do it. Now, you're doing some amazing things. We talk about what else is on that website, because you, you've got so much information in so many different places. What else will they find when they go there? Well, I have many interviews with people uh, in the field, very trusted people who I have vetted. For example, one is a man who helps people get reverse mortgages. I want to make it real clear, a reverse mortgage can be great. Do not get it from a TV show because, you know, they're going to sell you what they want to sell you. Locally, and there are people such as the man who I interviewed, who it's his own business. He goes around, he interviews you, he comes to your home, he helps, he tells you all of the different ways you can do this and, and which, and helps you decide which one would be best for you, not which one is the most profitable at this moment. And he will also tell you if he thinks this is not a good idea for you. So, and there's another woman who is a nurse who has a business where she will, because I have a I have on, on my YouTube channel I have uh, 13 videos about you know Alzheimer's and I and I know they exist I'm not saying they don't but Alzheimer's and dementia being overdiagnosed and one of the videos is about how drug uh, mixing bad drugs together can make it appear that somebody has either d- dementia or Alzheimer's and she will go through all of your medications and show you how there might be some bad interactions. And she also tells you how you can find somebody who might do that for you in your local community. And there there's just all sorts of people who have businesses that are based on helping older people stay in the community, either in your home, in their home, or it, it, you know someplace new that they've moved to, but helping people stay in the community. There's just tons of videos and information there. Now that's on your website. That's on the website, keepyourparentshome.com. Now, you also have a Facebook page. You have two Facebook pages, actually. Two Facebook pages. Tell me about those Facebook pages, and how could I find them? Well, well, you go to Facebook, and you and actually, just in the search engine, I believe you can type um, either Age Out Loud or Keep Your Parents Home, and they will pop up, and you can join those. And it's helpful if you join, because then when new information comes up, it'll just show up in your news feed. Um, but if anyone is interested in the course, the thing to do would be to go to a, either one of them, but Age Out Loud would probably be the best one, but you can do it at the other, and let me know that you are interested in the course, and give me um, e- your uh, email or, what, or, or however you feel comfortable letting me contact you, and I will let you know when the course is launched. Oh, perfect. Now, you also have a wonderful YouTube channel. And I have to tell you, when I, when I was looking at your YouTube channel, 
dancer. You're never a former dancer. You always are a dancer in your soul. Yeah, you right, either are, right. you aren't. And when I saw the 87-year-old flamenco dancer, I had to watch her video. And her name is Vilma Vitanza, is that right? Am I saying that correctly? I believe so, yes. yes. She is just adorable. And the one thing that I really, really, really noticed, first of all, I get exactly where the woman is coming from with the movement. And, I mean, she, this big smile, the whole time she's doing this video, there is this smile on her face because Mm -hmm. she is a dancer and she's dancing and she's back in her element. And it feels the same as it did when she was 18. And I would recommend this just to watch it. It'll make you just feel good and it'll make you smile. So let's tell them how to find the YouTube channel. Well, go to YouTube and and the search engine again, put age out loud. And there may pop up something that says age out loud with Margot Aerosmith, but don't go there. Go to the one that just says <laughs> age out loud. And, and then all sorts of playlists will show up. And you can pick the one that has Vilma. She also is a poet and an artist, and you and she and I have several videos where she's reading her poems. Uh, I have a local man who's a very good friend of mine. Who, if he walked into a, if he walked into a coffee shop in a T-shirt, you would wonder why Mark Twain had just walked in. But he's been a lifelong Mark Twain. Uh, scholar. So what he does is he goes to places and sometimes he'll give Mark Twain speeches just like Mark Twain gave them and sometimes he'll answer questions about modern day life as if he were Mark Twain. It's marvelous. But he has a couple of videos on there. I, I, and, and I'm frankly, I'm also looking for if anyone knows of people like Vilma or uh, my Mark Twain doppelganger, um, please let me know because I'm always looking for people to put on that YouTube page. But I also have, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, I think it's 13, but I have a couple more to add, videos about sometimes when you think you have Alzheimer's or even dementia, sometimes it's something else. And, and, and basically the, the underlining message that I tell people is if, if, if the doctor says you have dementia or even Alzheimer's, they do exist, and if, they, and if you've got them, you need to take care of them. However, the question you should ask is, if I were 45, or if my loved one were 45, what else would you be looking for? Would you be looking for medication problems? Would you be looking for depression? Would, UTIs, by the way, when we get older, a UTI has all of the symptoms of dementia. Really? So sometimes people... Yes, sometimes people are diagnosed with dementia when, in fact, what they have is a UTI. And so what's bad about that is, number one, they're they're labeled with dementia when they really don't have it. And number two, their UTI isn't getting treated because people just assume it's dementia. Urinary, urinary tract infection, for those urinary who may not know. Urinary tract infection. <laughs> for those who I may mean, not those know. Are things, I mean, people get those from birth. But when we're older, they they really start to take on different um different symptoms. And, and again, I, I'm, doctors are getting better about that, I will say. But, uh, but the question again, I'm going to repeat because it's so important. If you get that diagnosis, if I were 45, what else would you be looking for? You're not saying it's impossible that you have it. You're just saying, what, let's look at these other things before we, before we go off down the road. Margo, you are just a fount of information. This has just been so much fun and so informative and so interesting to talk to you. Who would think that the topic we're talking about could be so interesting and that you would have so much information that people could access so easily? 
My question for you is when someone finishes the book, what do you want them to take away from the book? What's the bottom line message? Oh, gosh. I, why, oh, I want them to really, first thought that comes to my mind is I want them to take away the message that our humanity never leaves us. One of the things I read about dementia to remember it's it's when 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 like for instance with your mother's sundowners they're not giving you a hard time they're having a hard time right but but that no matter what our humanity never leaves us and that we always need to be treated with that humanity no matter where we are even if we end up in a, a memory care unit which which is appropriate for some people no matter where we are our humanity never leaves us and that when we're dealing with our older parents or when we're dealing with our children that that it's human beings working with human beings and that having skills and having a bag of tricks or a bag of tools so to speak which which is a lot of what my book is by the way my book is half and half half of it is actual experiences of what some very personal experiences of what we experienced while while I was doing it but it also is this, this, these skills and tools that people can use. And that when you have the tools, the proper tools in order, it's so much easier to always know and never forget the humanity of your parents and of you. Wonderful. Now, about the course. The course is your ideal day cutting through the noise of what others think you should do after retirement. Same question. When I complete the course, what is my main takeaway? Well, you're going to have a lot of information about all of the different options you have, but the main takeaway will be that no one knows you better than you, and if you do this this method that I mentioned in the beginning, which doesn't take that long, you will know yourself even better so that when others start to tell you with all good intentions, I mean, I think even a lot of the salespeople have good intentions, with all good intentions, what they think is best for you, that you will will know and you will, again, have the skills and the tools to be able to know what's best for you, and also to be able to deal with the people who think they know better than you do. Margot Arrowsmith, you are just such a fount of information, and it's just such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for being our guest on Books on Air. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed this. Remember, you can find Margot's book, You Can Keep Your Parents at Home, Keep Your Job and Life, Save Your Fortune and Sanity on Amazon and look for her new course, Your Ideal Day, Cutting Through the Noise of What Others Think You Should Do After Retirement. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on iTunes and iHeartRadio. I'm Suzanne Harris. And I hope you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who we're going to talk to, and you never know what we're going to talk about.
Thank you so much for listening.